This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that is bigger than Mayweather versus McGregor. Oh, bring it on. I'm Andrew Page, and with me is Scott Phillips. G'day, Andrew. G'day, fools. Lots to talk about today, Scott. Plenty. On the podcast, we're going to go through the latest uh, on earnings season. We'll update you with what's happening there. We'll talk a little bit about the so-called end of the Trump trade with the Trump pump becoming the Trump dump. You've always liked that. It's hard to say three times faster. That's that's the problem. Is the property market about to turn? We're gonna re- we're gonna return to that theme only because McGrath had their results out and it wasn't pretty. And uh, speaking of not pretty, Surf Stitch wipes out. We're gonna pick through the remains there and see what happened. If and we had sound effects, that would be so much better. We, def- we need to go full Mad Money Jim Cramer style. I think wipeout. You know, the whole you know oh, kind of yes for no? sure. No. <laughs> and I get on my high horse. I'll rant oh, about something. <laughs> Uh, mate, what are we? Uh, what are we going to start off with? Earnings season. What has caught your eye this mate, week? Mate, everything. This has been the busiest week of earnings season so far. The third week of August, always the biggest week. I liken it to drinking from a fire hose. I- it is. Jesus. For an analyst, it's Start a lot drinking of with the fire hose and drinking whatever you can find to dull the pain. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's start with Woolies. Okay. Woolworths is the big retailer. Spectacular results. Weren't and this they? Is a really, really Weren't stunning they? story. Yeah. Woolies was the king of the kids. It let Coles back off the mat. Coles pretty much took over the mantle. Yeah. Well, this grew same source has what, 6%? Yes. Like that is, retailers don't grow at that sort of rate. That is phenomenal growth. big, established, you know, mature yeah, network yeah, and yeah. then same store sales. Now that's interesting there because it was, as you say, it was Coles that was really dominating in that space and the worm seems to have turned a little bit there. Do you think that's going to continue? Or is this <sighs> just usual, the pendulum back and forth between the two big giants and there's, there's bigger things to worry I'm about. I'm going to go most of the latter with a bit of the former. I right. think, you know, whenever you get the the instability, it can't continue. You, you can't keep growing at those sort of rates. You know, the no, no. well, it, well, it didn't by definition. You, you can, but you have to be, yeah, but even then, you know, that's almost the point, right? right. So Coles has to continue to do really, really badly right. for you to keep doing that well. Yep. And so it's just hard to deliver that sort of result for any length of time. Yep. You'll take um, it while it's there. Though. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So look, you know, same sort of stuff will grow across the, the, the sector about 3% a year, mm-hmm. give or take. Um, a bit more, if, if Woolies gets more, Coles get a bit less. Yep. That sort of equilibrium won't stay out of whack for too long. So mm-hmm. I think I think you'll see it come back to the pack. What I do think is Woolies has regained and refound its mojo. And this was a couple of years coming. Woolies is really left for dead by Coles. Yeah. It seems like they're finally caught up and customers are coming back. Yeah. Uh, are you still a buy for you, though? Because although the result was, I think, pretty decent, they're not really guiding for much growth. And, you know, we all like yeah. a bit of growth. And I think, well, so the other part of the story is the Big W story, right? Yeah. We focus on the supermarkets. Yeah, right, Big right. W is such a basket case. It's yep. just... Kmart have absolutely yeah. wiped the floor with Big W. It, mm. it is you're right. It's, it's same as Target you can't for sell West it, Farms, right? right? Exactly. There's no one to sell it to. Yeah. You can't close it down. because You've got to pay those leases out. So you're kind of stuck in a in a least worst outcome of yeah. like, okay, well, it costs us. We can't sell it. It costs too much to shut it down. Yep. So let's keep running it and see if we can find some way, maybe possibly, to make some money out of this thing. I think it's a tough ask. Mate, related to Woolies is Coca-Cola. Um, also, big blue chip company, been around. Um, You'd argue pretty strongly motored, but you'd also say, as with Woolies, gee, what a shocker of a run. And that, that shocker seems to have continued. Partly, to, a, partly to blame because of Woolies, in yeah. fact, for Coles. Well, almost, entire, for Coke, almost entirely to blame. This is a, a really fascinating story. Um, we talk a little bit about the power of brands here. And this is a story of the brands being kind of subsumed, usurped, pick your word, uh, by the retailers. The retailer as brand is the new story. We talked about Kmart just quickly then. Kmart basically has remade itself by being a branded retailer selling unbranded products. Yeah. So you can't buy Ripcool, you can't buy Billabong, you can't buy Bonds. 
most of these brands that we all, you know, $20 shirts, you have $15 pair of jocks, you can't get them anymore. These days you're getting a $2, $5, $10 pair of shorts or a t-shirt. Yep, house it's, brand. It's exactly, mm. or, or not branded at all. Just yeah. literally some yeah, design right. they've come up with and they're making a squillion dollars. So take it back to Woolies. Woolies are basically saying to Coke, you guys might be the biggest soft drink brand, but we're the biggest retail brand and we'll call the shots. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, Especially when it comes to things like water, it is hard right, to differentiate right. yourself there. But even even in, even in soft drink, basically Woolies is saying, well, we want cheaper prices. We want bigger discounts. If you want to yeah, We're not going to give you as much shelf space as you'd like. Right. We're and not even going to stock your uh, new sugar-free- Coke no sugar. Coke, exactly. Yeah. got one in front of me as we speak. <laughs> Much prefer Coke Zero, bastards. Let's not get you started on that. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, but that, that's the story, right? So yeah. so retailer as brand is the new story. Um, frankly, with Amazon turning up, Kogan already doing well. We'll come back to that in a second. Um, this is an interesting story. The mm. good news for Coke, if you like it, is the overseas growth is good. They're growing strongly in New Zealand, in Papua New Guinea, in Indonesia, in particular, Fiji. Um, yeah. So, you know, they're kind of, they're, they're putting the model to work well, overseas. volumes were up there, weren't they? But weren't earnings pro- No, no, prices were good. Okay, so, so okay, yeah, right. there, there were some puts and takes around the place for different reasons, but right. the, the underlying operating earnings for those businesses are really, really strong. Okay, good. It will keep getting better. A billion people in Indonesia, that's a yep. massive market if they can crack it. Yep. Very different demographic, of been, course. It's been playing out for a while, that theme, though, so yeah, it's good to see a little yeah. bit of traction. Indeed. So, yeah. look, you know, the Australian business, well and truly the, the vast bulk of the business, it's frankly causing all the pain mm. and it's causing more pain than they're getting joy from elsewhere. So still a tough road for Coke. A buy um, for you? Look, it is only on price. The price is so far down now. I think it's an attractive time to buy. There might be a few more bumps before things improve. Now, you mentioned Kogan, mate. Didn't now, I? these are just as a, as a quick refresher. These you guys, get better at these segues. Aren't I? Tell you what. <laughs> no, another couple of years of this, we will be absolute pros. Even Liam's nodding. Segway king. Uh, so, so Kogan, they sell a bunch of, uh, well, talking about home branded, their own yeah. sort of uh, branded of whether it be TVs, phones, a whole bunch of stuff. It's yeah. real success. Mobile plans, groceries. Floated on the market. Um, you know, uh, and yet it just it really has, hasn't managed to do well. And it's this big A that sort of hangs over them. You know, the, the giant uh, online Amazon threat that we've yeah. talked about repeatedly. And it's hard to think of a company that's probably <laughs> more exposed to that. Yep. And yet sale, well, obviously Amazon hasn't come here yet, but geez, what a cracking result. Sales up 37%, profit tripled. Yeah. Is this just the, the final hurrah or? Uh... No, mate, this is the one that got away from me. I, yeah. I was a massive Kogan fan for a very long time. I knew how good the company was. Half the stuff in your house is from Kogan. You know it, mate. I'm cheap, if nothing else. (laughs) Mate, yeah, the share price has doubled in the last five years. And when I say five years, it's only been listed for a year and a half. So, yeah, it's doubled since listing. Um, I get this horribly, horribly wrong. I, I knew what the business could do. I knew it was an attractive company. And I pretty much just got left on the sidelines. I should have bought it a long time ago. I didn't. Um, I think Kogan. Too pricey now, though? Especially given that. The question is how much more growth is left. Mm. I I actually think, I personally think uh, Amazon will be good for Kogan. Mm -hmm. Kogan is small enough now. So whenever you've got a new competitor entering the market, you think, how much of your business is being taken away by that competitor? Mm. Kogan is tiny. Kogan is a a pimple on a pumpkin. Amazon turn up, even if they take some share from a lot of people, it's unlikely that all of their customers come from Kogan. They're going to pick some are from Target, some from Woolies, some from JB, some from Harvey Norman. Harvey Norman are still multi- many, 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 many times the size of, mm. of Kogan, for example. JB, the same. Yep. Put all those three in a, in a ring, you can't even see Kogan. It's that small. So, you know, But I, it is very much that online. So, you know, with others, with JB, I can walk in, I can get my laptop now. Yep. You know, I guess that's that's the advantage you have at Britain. Yeah. Now, Kogan is online, and now they're going to be dealing with someone who's probably prepared to take a much smaller margin. Yeah. I guess, I guess they... Maybe their niche is, is their own branded products there, which I is super rec- cheap, made from there's... existing componentry of other. Yeah, maybe I just reckon they're so small it gets swept along. I okay. think I think sometimes when you get a, a big a theme, a big move, 
if all of a sudden everyone starts shopping online, mm. most people shop at Amazon. Some might go, oh, I'll try Kogan. Okay. Uh, net, net, I would, I would speculate that in five years' time, Kogan is much bigger than it is today. Okay. Despite Amazon. I'll keep an eye on them. I'm not yep. so sure, but we, we shall see. Let's see them fighting words. Fighting words. Uh, right. uh, flight Center. Speaking of taking off. Hey, there you go. <laughs> it's soaring. What? 11% gain for shares oh. on the day they released not their bad. announcement. Now, this isn't, they weren't the uh, uh, greatest uh, full year results, but a cracking second half and, mm -hmm. and things looking better in the year ahead i yeah look the, the flight center result was really good it, it's it was <laughs> this is a I, I have ranted before about companies providing earnings right mm -hmm. screw turner grand turner who who is the major shareholder the founder of flight center um he's done a reasonably good job of keeping the market informed the problem is that things are so volatile that he's probably had about four earnings guidance updates in the last 12 months yeah and they kind of roughly finished off where they started despite the fact there's been an increase and a decrease and another increase um the market just for some reason, the market hates Flight Center. Mm. It's it's one of those businesses where you know good news is okay and bad news is terrible, mm. and so there's always that sense of pessimism as a first port of call. Yeah. Um, the shares are up 11 percent, even though the company delivered on its guidance, mm. uh, because the market just didn't believe it. Mm. <laughs> well, okay, fine, Flight Center. We know you. We know you're going to try, but mm. really, you're not going to do very well. So we won't. We won't give you any credit for that. It's been the story for the last 10 years, I want to say, at least, you know, pre and post GFC. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like Flight Center. It's, it's, it's one we've recommended a couple of our services. Um, we've done pretty well in the last couple of recommendations. It was 30 bucks at some point, which is just stupidly cheap. Yeah, right. It was never going out of business. The market assumed it was. Mm. The market was wrong. There's, there's many, many things I'm wrong about. There's many, many things I'm not sure about. This one always seemed to be a reasonably low. I like candidate. it too, man. I really do. I, to me, it's it's really one of um, a question of value. And I think yeah. as a shareholder, if you if you're going to get involved with Flight Center, just you know, it's never going to be smooth sailing from a share price yeah, or even yeah, from an earnings, yeah. right? It is going to be as volatile as all. Buggery. There might be turbulence. Tur hey, 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 nice, nice. Tell you what. Um, uh, but you'll get to your destination. <laughs> we are worth every cent people God, pay for this podcast, not, aren't they? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, uh, oh, speaking, and not a cent more. Speaking of retail, we, we will knock through a couple more. We better move <laughs> on. on. Um, we should talk about uh, Green Cross just while we're talking about Green retail. Uh, Green Cross. So these Who's guys that? own Pet Barn. Um, they also own a bunch of veterinary clinics, not too long listed. This is one of these classic roll-up strategies, but I thought a really good result. Revenue up 11%, uh, profit up 7%. And, uh, Impressively, same store sales growth of 4.4%. Now, there's a lot of new good. sites that mature there, so it sort of helps juice that figure a little bit. But I, yeah. I think very much on on track. Again, uh, Amazon isn't here yet. Uh, you know, again, these guys are, are a retailer. They will definitely feel the pinch to some extent. But yeah. to my mind, the, the, this co-location they've got with their veterinary clinics just continues to be such a, a, a successful strategy. Co-location sounds painful. What's that? Uh, it's basically just putting a vet inside your uh, your pet barn. So when you say co-location, you're just trying to sound impressive. Trying to sound smart, mate. Cool. No, it's, no, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. <laughs> just use big words. You probably get away with it too. Big words and it. say it confidently. Wasn't meddling that's, kids. That's the secret to it all. Uh, and finally, Sydney Airport. Um, man, we, we took they a bit landed about moats. A good number, I, can't, I can't think of a stronger moated company out there. Although I might have said the same about Transurban last week. Um, the, the, these, these guys... <laughs> that was last week. No one was listening no, anyway. yeah, no, no one remembers. Yeah. Um, Our mothers don't mind. These guys, uh, revenue and earnings sort of up to a 7 8% mark here. Passenger numbers are really good uh, throughout the year, especially from inbound uh, tourism. Uh, places like China, uh, Asia in general, continues to be a really strong theme. Mm. Just, just really, really impressive. But the thing is, I think the market sort of recognised this now. They're paying almost five percent yield. I just, I can't get my head around. The, it's, it's a recommendation of ours, but it is on hold at this point in time. Yeah. yeah. But um, with any luck, we'll see the share price fall because I, I wouldn't mind tipping that back to a buy. With any luck, we'll see the share price fall. You did it once before. 
You told members you wanted share prices to fall. I appreciate what you're trying to say. My, my, my members are long-term rational thinkers, and they see that as an opportunity to take advantage of. Good luck. Let's move on. <laughs> your members are very well. So you oh, know, what are you saying? Despite, despite the fact you run their service, your members are smart people. I agree with you. <laughs> We've got to forgive them for that. <laughs> Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Mate, the Trump trade. Yes. So we, we. I remember back in the day, you were trying to get the phrase the Trump pump going. I know. How'd that go? Uh, it didn't work, oh. mate. <laughs> the Trump trade. It doesn't even <laughs> rhyme. Um, anyway, back the wrong pony there. So yes. back quick, up on the page quick, stage. Quick, quick recap here: Donald Trump was was running for the presidency. Everyone thought it was going to be a disaster. How'd that go? And then it turned out that the market loved him. He was going to introduce a, a tax cuts. The share market's really sort of taken off since that uh, November yeah, election. Yep. Uh, but it's really sort of starting to unwind. He's having trouble getting legislation passed. There's been one disaster after another. People are now sort of, t- you know, U.S. markets are starting to be a bit more wobbly. Is it over? Is it how, you know, will it will it continue to fall? What are your thoughts? Do I have to go first? <laughs> yes, you do. Right. I will. I will. I was a horrible, horribly salacious plug here. I was on the ABC News last night okay. talking about exactly this, Andrew. Yep. Um, What'd you just, say? That way, I sound a bit more credible. You like I did. That. <laughs> I like so, it very yeah, nice. ABC, really? Very nice. Oh, they just, uh, um, mate. I who knows? So, the, what the journalist did ask me, uh, Joe Nicholson, she said, "You know, is this the end of it? Is it, what's coming next?" I said, mm-hmm. "I don't know." So, the first thing is, we don't know. We never say we know these things. Um, that distinguishes us from most other talking heads who feel like they should know something. We don't know what's coming next. It does seem, though, it does seem that right now the market has finally lost patience with the proposed potential supposed improvements that were going to come on the business climate because of Donald Trump. They were very willing to take a glass half full approach. Yeah, less less regulation um, was supposed to be good. Yeah, less green tape, less red tape, less restrictions on financial services companies. Infrastructure, especially, you know, was it a billion dollars ago, a trillion dollars ago? He's, he's a businessman. He's, he wrote the art of the deal. <laughs> he's going to make shut America shut great again. But, he was, but, you know, so here's the thing. Even, even I, I have very little regard for Donald Trump, but even that aside... Um, yeah, I think our bias is pretty self-evident. Wow, it's not biased if it's based on reality. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, no. My, my point yeah. is, he, even even if you even if you don't like him personally, don't agree with him personally, he was planning to do a whole lot of stuff, particularly infrastructure spending. So, yep. new bridges, new roads, yes. new rail, right, right, right. building materials companies, infrastructure companies. Okay. Banks were supposed to do really well. Mm. The problem is that we're you know back to the facts. Right now, he can't get any of that through Congress. He yeah. can't get his healthcare plan through Congress. Mm. Basically, what the market's looking and saying, well, hang on, we kind of expected that Donald Trump would be loosely in inverted commas pro-business mm. and that hasn't come to pass and that's the real risk now is that from from a market perspective if you if you bought shares if you bid up prices on the basis that trump would do x y and z he's done almost well, almost exactly zero percent of that mm. so none of that's come to pass and it's looking less and less likely by the day as his opinion polls fall as his own party rounds on him on some of his comments the chance that trump gets through what he wants to try and do looks remoter by the day yeah okay your thoughts uh, yeah, look, it's one of those things that I just, you know, we, we were chatting earlier as well. It's just like you go back over the last few years and you see all these sort of, um, political, uh, happenings and, you know, they're all, they're all, they're all important. They all have an impact, except they're all incredibly difficult to forecast what's going to happen. Yeah. And they all yeah. tend to be fairly small fish in the grander scheme of things. You know, it, it is really, I'm very much a believer in that, you know, if the business does well, shares will eventually perform. That's what I'm really going to focus on. Yeah. Um, it's too hard, all of this stuff. I, I, I always had, I was always a little bit pessimistic in terms of how much he was going to get through for all of this kind of stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I, I would make the general comment that I think of is 
true of both US markets and ours is that they are both richly priced. It yeah. is as, as an average, there's always bargains to be had, but as an average, things are a lot more difficult. And now the, now that some of this stuff isn't coming through, I, yeah, I think it is a bit of a, creating a bit of a stiff win for the market to sell into. If I, I think that's right. I think look, to your point about, you know, to your point about the you know, fundamentals of the business, this is one where I don't think the market actually got too excited about valuations more broadly, although that was true to some extent. It was the fact they actually believed the fundamentals would change. That doesn't seem yeah. like it's going well, to happen. Well, that, that was sort of justifying the valuation. Totally. Yeah, not so much. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Um, I mean, we've got a couple of things to, to uh, get through here. So let's, a couple of bits of bad news. Yeah. So uh, we'll, let's do these quickly. So right. McGrath, we thought was worth pointing out. We've, we've, uh, we enjoy talking about property as every bloody Australian does. And, uh, and, 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 you know, we like ranting about our particular, particular outlooks on life. You like um, ranting about and whenever you get a bit of life. confirmation bias, it's always nice to sort of kind of point out, I suppose. Your confirmation I'm drawing bias. a long bow here, but mm -hmm. so McGrath listed at around about $2. I think the IPO so this is a Sydney based real estate agent for the people out yeah, in, uh, most, around the country. Yeah, most strong in New South Wales. Indeed. Um, they're now at 75 cents. They've had a real shocker of a run. They released their profit results. Net profit was down 42%. Took a big impairment on software sales. Uh, and most interestingly or worryingly, perhaps of all, they lost market share in their biggest market, which was a bit of a concern. And they're seeing listing volumes noticeably fall. Mm. And I guess the question is, the open question is, is this just because this business is executing poorly in an otherwise strong market, mm -hmm. or is this a bit of a canary in the coal mine? <laughs> Hot potato, That's, over to you. You, you. You're actually asking that question. What, what the, 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 the subtitles here, fools, is Andrew saying, come on, this has got to be the end of the property market. Got, the crash has got to be here. I've finally, have I finally got something I can grab onto here? The last lifeboat of hope is the McGrath share price. Is that possibly, possibly... Justifying my view you on property. You get me wrong, sir. You get me wrong. I um. Well, you know, this is the interesting thing, right? McGrath's, this is a great story. This is a great example of where the trend for a particular industry or even a particular company mm. doesn't necessarily support a broader conclusion you otherwise yeah. might like yep. to draw. And by you, I don't mean you personally this time. Uh, I like to try and bag you where <laughs> I can, but this time it's not just you. Um, I've used the example before. If you'd have told me 40 years ago that airline travel would be up so many, you know, 10, 20, 30 fold. Gotcha. Yep. 40 years ago, you would have said, sell everything and buy airlines. Yep been a stupid idea if you'd done that. Or a, a counter example to that is that you would have said uh, 20 years ago, cigarette companies are going to be a terrible investment. Yes, right, exactly. And they've been exactly. phenomenal. There's going to be all sorts of regulation changes, da da da, well, da. It's all true. People are smoking less. All of that stuff has come true, but they've right, just right. killed it. And so, you know, <laughs> think, think, <laughs> yeah. right. uh, think, think about property prices. I think this is the <laughs> challenge, right? So REA Group um, behind realestate.com, mm. same thing. They've seen list, listings flatline. Revenues kept growing though because they've been able to charge more for those yeah, listings. So yeah. you can have a scenario where one a trend in one part of the business or one part of the industry Very true. doesn't necessarily support the results elsewhere. In this case, listings are flattish across the board. McGrath's lost some share. Yep. They're losing staff. Um, it, the listing itself was a bad thing. The company's done poorly, but the property market, unfortunately for you, mate, keeps booming. It, it sure does. And uh, look, I, I think it was definitely a long boat to sort of suggest that this is the end of it. Although we'll keep an eye on it. We can live in hope. Good call, can, good call. Put it that way. Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Surf Stitch, speaking of disasters, yeah. so Surf Stitch, these are these Wipe online reads. Man, they were just such a story stock or such a, such a sexy stock uh, for so long. If Liam won't give a sound effects, I'm going to do it myself, and that's a threat. That man. is a worry. That is a worry. Um, spun out of Billabong, uh, very trendy offices. Everything was going great. Right, I'll get I'll get some sound effects. There we go. There he is. <laughs> I finally... 
I, I was going to say guilted you into it. You've pretty much gone, I can't deal with this anymore, right? Shut up. Move on. <laughs> uh, so huge you know you right down. Right? It's all over, mate. They, it all came It all came to Into it, administration. To yeah, so it's it's horrible. What went wrong? Do you know what? So we recommended for our small cap service, we recommended Surf Stitch back in the day. And mm. we have thankfully sold it a long time ago now. But which, which a, is a lesson in itself, uh, yeah, mind you, well, right? I, it was it was a pretty brutal loss. We didn't really, it could have been better than minus yeah, 100%. Right, right. Right. We didn't really expect this exact outcome, though. And I think this is the story. So Surfish was a really interesting company with a really interesting possible business model. They just couldn't make work. Mm. Now, so they were a retailer, right? So Surfish responded to Billabong. It was yep. their online, Billabong's online business back in the day. Yep. Billabong itself was in trouble. They spun out Surfish as a separate company. Mm. Um and it was doing pretty well. Yeah. Selling clothes here and in the US, Supposedly in Europe. good brands. So they were tracking in the right direction. Right. Yep. And they moved into what they call content marketing. So they were doing these websites where people would go to watch surfing videos or get a snow camp, snow, um, surf camp, snow camp, surf camps, all that kind of mm. stuff. You'd go there for that. There'd be a little widget on the page. Hey, buy your new skis, buy your new board shorts, buy right. your new surfboard from us at Surfstick. Makes sense. It, and it was kind of working for mm. a while. The company just overreached. And so what, what brought them undone is what brings everyone undone, which is too much debt. Yeah. As Warren Buffett says, the only way a smart guy can go broke is with the use of leverage. Yep. And this is the problem. So even if they've been able to trade their way out of this on a normalized basis, on a regular basis, mm. when you've got that much debt to service, the question is, can you pay your debts when they fall due? Yep. When the answer is no, you're in administration. And that's yeah. exactly what's happened to Surfstitch. Oh, man. And uh, we see that theme play out again and again and again. So always worth watching the, the debt scenario there. Indeed. Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Mate, we better end it off. Uh, speaking of sound effects. Yes. You going to hit it for me? No, you do the There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do the whole sound effects. You do. I think we got to kill this segment sooner or later. I'm running out of things to rant about. But uh, oh, I think I mate, thought, I've, I've got months to <laughs> go. You're, you're all right. Oh, okay. Don't worry about that. Okay. Let me know when you think you run out of things, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll come up with something. Okay. Nothing I like better than a bit of a rant. Well, I thought I'd have a bit of a rant on buy prices today. Buy prices. Well, it comes up all the time where people will make some really silly decisions with what to do with their shares based on what they happen to pay for them, maybe even years and years ago. Mm -hmm. So you'll see some people say, yeah, I know Rio Tinto's fallen 20%, but I bought it at $4 a million years ago, so therefore it doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. As if that loss doesn't matter. Um, uh, uh, similarly as well, they'll say, now's a good time to sell because I'm up 20%. Hey, well, can't knock a it's profit. Good. Well, that's the thing. That's that old saying. You never go broke taking a profit. Hey, hey. Moronic trader sayings that you hear <laughs> over and over again. And I think I, the, might, the, I might have actually believed that. The whole you frame, call me a moron? It sounds good. It, it sounds it's like don't catch a falling knife and a lot of other. Well, you can't go broke taking a profit, right? Well, you, you you can't go broke, but you can talk yourself. You can have a massive opportunity cost, and you can make some very spurious decisions. Tell I mean, me the why. simple fact of the matter is, mate, is like I don't want to I don't want to shatter any illusions here, but you can't travel back in time as of yet. So the DeLorean's not <laughs> not working. So when you're holding a share, you are exposing yourself to the future performance of that share. So entirely possible that mm -hmm. you've seen a share double, triple, quadruple, and yet it could do that again. If in the future it's earning significantly more and the market's valuing that, that growth at a very high premium, you could do extremely well. And I can tell you my biggest, I've made plenty of mistakes over my time as an investor, oh, but some of the bigger ones were doing exactly that thing, thinking I was super, super smart, locking in some small profits, and then five years later... Uh, looking back and just thinking, you know, the compounded uh, returns I could have made just by sitting on my big fat backside rather than trying to do all this clever stuff was, was very, very wrong. So the question you always need to ask yourself, I think, is what is this company worth? 
and then compare the current market price with that. It has nothing to do with what you paid. Your profit and loss is very important to the tax man, obviously. <laughs> it's very important for you keeping a, tr a record of your performance and all of that kind of stuff, but it has no bearing on whether you buy or sell. The market doesn't know what you paid for your shares. It doesn't care what you paid for your shares, and it has no bearing on the future direction of those shares. All right, but no one wants to make a loss. Why not at least wait till you get your money back so you can at least say, okay, I'm square with the ledger. I'll get on with Mate, it. you answered that yourself with Surf Stitch. So, you know, you guys got out at whatever it was, uh, I'm going to say 18 cents or something like that. Ah, okay. No? No, I was, whatever it was. A lot more than zero. And 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 the, 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 here's the thing. We've said it before, and I always get the numbers wrong, so you'll have to help me out here. It's that question of what's a stock that's fallen 90%. Well, it's a stock that's down 80% that, and halves. There you go. You know, it's, it's, it's that, the mathematics is like that. So it's it's kind of, again, you it, the the... the one of those really common mistakes that people make is is that they think, well, I don't want to take a loss. It's not a loss until I sell it. I can pretend it's not there. And you end up just you know, holding it until you suffer a far bigger loss or even worse, buying more in the yeah. hope of making that loss look smaller. I want, to, I want to give your quote a little bit of context quickly because you say something's fallen 90%, something fell 80% and halved again. People go, of course. Flip it the other way though. Something's fallen 80%. Yep can still halve from that point, which is the key message. And you can so still go down 100% down from that point in the case of exactly. surf stitch. Even though it's others. down a lot, you kind of think, well, there's not much left. Yeah. That can still halve again, or as you say, go much and further. And it's always a question of opportunity for cost. It might have been worth 10 grand. Now it's worth two grand. That is horrible. But is that two grand worth being in that same diseased, sickened pony? Or can you swap, get the jockey off that horse and put it onto a, a lovely fit thoroughbred? I, I'm not going to let you torture any more metaphors. I think that's probably <laughs> about you. enough. Save isn't me, it? please. Mate, uh, thank you again for a uh, for a lovely chat. The pleasure is always yours, as always. And remember, listeners, we you can subscribe to the Triple M Motley Fool Money podcast through iTunes or your favourite Android podcast app. And you should. And and please give us a nice big fat five star rating. Of but course, you can also go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. That's fool.com.au forward slash triple M. <laughs> I love doing that. Do yourself a favour, mate. Thanks again. Fool on. Fool on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.